Here's our sponsor this half hour. It's American Financing. Ah, yes, American Financing, where you can actually save money by refinancing your uh, mortgage. I would suggest hurry. Uh, I don't know if you've been watching what's happening. Have you seen what's happening with the Fed and the pressure on the Fed to start raising rates? Mm, and Scary. Pretty much collapse everything, which would be great, which would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the only option they have left now to fix things. Uh, so may I suggest refinancing your mortgage? If you have a uh, mortgage rate over 3%, uh, you can save money. Also, if you have high interest credit cards, please roll them into a consolidation loan. The people who can help you is AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. It's 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. Okay, great show coming up for you. And phone calls, 888-727-BECK. Today's the day to call in. Call in now. As, the, uh, as an insider, you can call in and be first. America, welcome to the program. Today is the day for your voice to be heard. We open up our phones at 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. It's also Good News Tuesday. We've got some great news for you uh, coming up today. Uh, There's a lot of good things that show that we are actually winning. We'll give you that and so much more in 60 seconds. Let me uh, let me talk to you here. And I want to be fair to Joe Biden. Sure, we're all feeling his decisions every time we're standing at the pump. But nobody gives him credit for being the first president to also give away free gas in public. Just I mean, you'd have to ask Prince Charles wife, but that's a okay. It was a fart joke, but I thought we'd start. Beneath us, Sarah. How do you think I got in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. I thought maybe it might be. Uh, here's what uh, here's what Joe Biden's not going to do. Cover you when the mechanic uh, 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 says, yeah, your warranty is uh, is out of date. You don't have a warranty anymore. And uh, boy, is this going to cost you? He's not going to help you with that. In fact, he's helping everyone else. The uh, the uh, price of fixing your car, especially if it is something like a chip, is just going to cost you an arm and a leg. They have saved me at Car Shield literally thousands of dollars on my old trucks. I want to drive my trucks until the, dar- the doors fall off. And the best way to do that is have a warranty. Can you imagine what it's going to cost you just for a rental car while yours is in the shop if they don't have the part? Car Shield has you covered. Best defense against costly repairs that could put you in a deep freeze is Car Shield. Right now, carshield.com will help you uh, save 10% off of uh, the uh, the plan that you work together and devise with them. carshield.com slash Beck. That's carshield.com slash Beck. Deductible may apply. 
So, you know, the um, uh, the president had his summit for democracy last last week and the Taiwanese minister uh, was uh, doing a uh, presentation and it was beautiful. It was wonderful. She had a little slide show that she was doing. And uh, this is our country. And the map showed Taiwan in a different color to China. Which would 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 indicate that it's not part of China. Now, in this great uh, uh, little get together for democracies, it was wonderful. All of a sudden, her feed was cut and she just disappeared, uh, which is weird. Don't you think, Stu? I mean, what are the. Yeah, you know, there what are a are lot odds? of problems with the rural internet, and this president has been trying to solve those. Oh, is that what it is? Just putting a few. Do you trillion think she dollars. had dial-up internet? Dial-up. <laughs> she probably probably had. That's probably. She what wanted it was. to have more internet, like she likes. <laughs> that, that was the issue. That's that was mm-hmm. the issue, huh? Okay, all right. Well, I, I didn't I didn't think of it that way, but uh, okay. So Minneapolis. Uh, we have some news for you. Minneapolis has uh, been the testing grounds for reimagining policing since the uh, deaths of uh, George Floyd uh, and uh, and now, you know, others. In June 2020, the Minneapolis City Council said we are here today to begin the process of ending the Minneapolis Police Department and creating a new transformative model for cultivating safety in Minneapolis. And I wow. think... And I think they've done it. They've accomplished that. They've, they've transformed things. Yeah, they have. Nine of the 13 council members uh, said we should defund the uh, police. Now, a little little fact here. I don't even know if we can call it. Has Facebook fact-checked this yet? The Blaze has come out and said, uh, by September 2020, violent crimes had spiked, as did property crimes. Even arson was up 55%. Compared to the same time in 2019. Just the 55%. Just 55%. Not 55,000%. No. uh -uh. Could be. No. If it wasn't for them, it would have been up 55,000%. Now, at the same time, more than 100 police officers left the department in the first nine months of 2020. By November 2020, violent carjackings had skyrocketed 537% compared to the previous year. Hmm. But shocking. Yeah. It's amazing how these things change. You know, Joe Biden ran Mm -hmm. away Mm -hmm. from his past Mm -hmm. in authoring the 94 crime bill and uh, in in sponsoring it. He was a big he pushed for that really hard back in the 90s. Um, You know, who else pushed for that back hard in the 90s was uh, the Congressional Black Caucus Hmm. who thought, Hmm. you know what? Like, maybe it's not okay that you guys just let criminals run rampant over all of our communities. Maybe you should start throwing these people in jail for longer periods of time. This is the same crime bill that Joe Biden now describes as potato. Yes, as a potato. Yeah. Uh, But also has been called racist by everybody Uh on the left today. Uh So what was 
the request of the Congressional Black Caucus back then uh-huh, uh-huh, is racist uh-huh. today. Okay, keep track. Well, now I just want to. I just. I just want to throw this in. Uh, the Minneapolis City Council has voted unanimously to approve six point four million dollars in additional funding to the police department. Now that was back in uh, in February twenty twenty one. Uh, as the people of Minnesota started to reimagine the politicians shutting their pie holes. Mm. Um, Last week, Mayor Jacob Fry and the city council agreed to a $1.6 billion budget that includes $191 million for the police department, restoring its funding to nearly the level that was held before George Floyd was killed in 2020. Mm. So that that whole experiment... Went well. It went went really well, really well. Any more good news? The number is. Uh, <laughs> I this it is, is good news Tuesday. That is good news. That is good news. That that it is that it, people it, that people, arson is up fifty five percent. No, that people are understanding now. It doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Now, really good news. That's just good news. Really good news is that they would then fire all the politicians and they would go, boy, who was it that said we should do that? That was a really bad idea and fire those people. But the problem is, I mean, you you have, uh, you know, all the money in the world, Minneapolis. If I'm a cop, I don't think I'm coming to work for you because I don't trust you. Oh, I wouldn't wouldn't work in that city if my life depended on it. No, Uh, at least the police department. And, And, you know, at some point, like, do we stop and say, you know, how stupid you have to be to believe that would have worked in the first place? I mean, how dumb do you have to be to think that that was a good option? Because <laughs> at some level, you might have the Snow? the typical politician okay. who might believe ideologically that there's some bizarre Ooh. way to route yourself through the mental gymnastics that would be required to say that getting rid of police is going to lower crime. Mm, cabbage patch dolls. Right. But what about the average Democrat who went along with this? I mean, is there was there no point where you thought, you know what? Yeah, I know MSNBC is telling me this is true, but is it? Is there a moment you reconsider what they tell you? Uh, sliding glass window. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. It's a, it's a great point. But apparently not. There's no moment, is there? <laughs> this never no. happens. No. There's never a point where they no. stay back and say, gosh, you know. But whole- there, But there is a point, I really, truly believe, there is a point that the American people say, oh, okay. And it's it's happening right now. It's happening. People are, look at the ratings of, of MSNBC and CNBC and, uh, or I mean, uh, CNN. CNN. Mm-hmm. You look at CNN. By the way, did you see Jake Tapper? And Amy Klobuchar. I saw a little bit of that. Yeah. Okay. I love this. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think we do. We have the uh, video. Oh, let me just describe it. Um, Amy Klobuchar uh, was sitting next to um, Ted Cruz. And they're sitting in Congress next to each other. Here's the clip of Amy Klobuchar and Jake Tapper talking about that picture listen there's something that happened uh friday uh that i wanted to ask you about if we can bring up the picture um you were at the uh funeral for former senator bob dole Mm -hmm. and you were seated there's there you are you're seated next to a republican senator ted cruz um who as everybody can see is not masked 
despite rules at the National Cathedral requiring all guests to wear masks indoors. Now, you're a breast cancer survivor. Um, you're still Love recovering, this. I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm, so much I'm 100% You're 100% now. better, but you're still at risk of infection because of, uh, because of this, this fight that you, you won. What was going through your mind there where Ted Cruz pulls up next to you and doesn't have a mask on, even though the rules are, please wear a mask to protect you. You wear the masks to protect other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people should wear masks, especially when they're in settings when they're supposed to. I think right. part I, of I, our I, I stop here. So much to say. So much to say. First of all, Jake is sitting next to Amy Klobuchar, who is, I guess, immune very compromised, vulnerable, yeah. very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He's not wearing a mask. <laughs> She's not wearing a mask. <laughs> Jack, aren't you putting her life in, in uh, danger? Or Jake, aren't yeah. you putting her life in danger? I mean, that looks pretty dangerous to me. The second thing is, could we go back to uh, just roll that and look at the picture of uh, of Ted Cruz sitting next to Amy Klobuchar. There it is. You'll see he's not wearing a mask, nor is the guy behind Ted Cruz. Right. And her mask is below her nose. Below her nose, yeah. So. It's, it's so weird. It's insane. I mean, look, you know, this has gone on forever. There's some weird thing that people think that like cameras cure COVID-19 <laughs> or like if you if you need to make a speech and you need people out there, you know, the, the biggest example of this to me, and I've literally never heard it explained is why Jen Psaki never wears a mask Correct. in her press conferences. She is in, you know that room. It is really tight. It's so tiny. There's yeah. tons of people in there. Every reporter is wearing a mask. And it, at times, they're arguing. Peter Ducey is sitting there saying, wait, asking a question to Jen Psaki about why someone didn't wear a mask. And she's answering it without a mask. He's asking it with a mask. So the really weird thing is, Stu, how far are we? We were about 36 inches. We're about a yard away. Yeah, yeah, maybe okay. a little four feet, maybe. Yeah. Three, four so feet. So this is, I am farther away from you than I am when I was sitting with Bill O'Reilly in his studio, okay? Okay. And you'd sit at his desk. Those desks are really small, mm-hmm. all right? Amy is no no further away than you and I are right now. Those, those, those uh, studios. Yeah. You are. It looks like you're far away, but you're not. Mm-hmm. They're probably three to four feet away. It's six feet that you're supposed to be. But again, a cam. right. But you, you, a camera will make it look like you're far away. You're on top of each other, and everybody is in the newsroom is on top of each other. And I will bet you that when the uh, when the cameras are on. The people around them might have a mask, might, might have a mask, but nobody else is. You may be right up in the elevator as you come off the street at CNN with a mask on. You hit the floor and you're working. You're not wearing a mask. The anchors aren't wearing a mask. The guests aren't wearing a mask. Your makeup people will be wearing a mask, but nobody else. And, and you know, of course, the masks are completely ineffective anyway. That's why it's important to point out where what the dumb thing is here. It, the dumb thing is not that they're, they sh- you know, we shouldn't be saying, hey, when you're on CNN, you should be wearing masks while doing your interviews. That's not the correct solution here. The correct solution is to not do the segment. You don't correct. do a segment where you're criticizing correct. Ted Cruz while you're not wearing a mask. It, obviously, their decision... 
as two, I'm sure, vaccinated people sitting in the same room together, talking to each other and not wearing masks is totally appropriate. That is actually what they should be doing is sitting there and not worrying about masks. They're going to do almost nothing have in the situation had anyway. The third vac- have they had the third vaccine? I don't know what they've had. They, shot. I would guess they have. They have the third one because this one, this one we're now being told, this one's going to be the one. This is the one that's going to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to, you have this third one. Now they said that after the second one, but this time. Get it if get you want or third. don't get it if you want. Whatever. <laughs> the point is, if you're going to get it and you think it does something, then doing a television show without a mask is completely sane, right? The, what's insane is acting as if Ted Cruz put her in danger, right? That is what's insane about the situation. And then acting as if it's, you know, so this terrible offense against a cancer victim. I mean, are you have any sense that you're sitting across from the same person who still used to have cancer and you don't have a mask on? No, How they don't. How can you possibly be critical of Because Cruz? no one says anything to them. They don't I even guess. think this way anymore. They don't. They are not self-analyzing because no one in their little bubble ever pushes them. By the way, for those of you who are keeping track, in London we found out yesterday there was one death of Omicron. So that is one. So the official score, Alec Baldwin won, Omicron won. To be fair, we don't know how many Alec Baldwin is Thank you. You're exactly right. Right. Tuttle Twins, if there is one thing that you need to do for Christmas, it is get something that will help your children um, be able to defend themselves, defend the Constitution, defend the free market, things that can fire up their imagination as well. I want you to, if you can get them to fire up their imagination and teach them these principles at the same time, it will change their life. This is one of the reasons why you should have the Tuttle Twins books. I recommend them so strongly. This, I mean, this is a commercial, but I've said this outside of commercials uh, as well on this. I believe in these books. I believe these are essential underneath the Christmas tree. You've got to order them now or you won't get them in time for Christmas. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. They have the books and curriculum for kids and teenagers, all of all ages, from toddlers to teenagers. Holiday discount right now of 40% off. Get the workbooks for free. Just go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. And this time of the year, it's not the kind of car you drive or the size of your bank account or how many White Castle cheeseburgers you can eat that makes you a special person. It's the little things like family and friends and... Shut up in there, you kids! I'm, I'm trying to talk on the radio! And it's not what kind of china you have on your table. <laughs> Although that's not quite true because Cousin Mildred's always commenting on that. But anyway, happy holidays from the Glenn Beck program to Uh, you. uh, Let's go to Rob in Indiana. Hello, Rob. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. 
times. I know, um, me too. I'm talking to Rob. And I was like, didn't I just say yesterday, if I could finally talk to one Rob? One day. Yeah. One day, I'm going to be able to do uh, it. How you doing, Rob? One up, too. Holy good. I'm, I'm doing great, man. Great. Hey, uh, you know, I've been with you guys a long time. Back to the rallies for America. Holy cow. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, I, I would give anything to hear one more. We're going to have a Murray Head weekend out of Stu. <laughs> That's that, really going back. That is. Back machine, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a Murray Head weekend. So anyway. Um, anyway, I, I just, you know, when Rush passed, I, I just wish, you know, one time I could have told him thanks. And uh, I'm telling you the same thing. You guys are like a lifeboat to some of us. Thank you. Rob, that is really nice of you to say. And the way you said it um, was really worth the $30 that we paid him. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it came off really yes. sincere, and especially with a crack in your voice right. and stuff. No. Uh, <laughs> Rob, thank you so much. It awesome. really means, it means a lot. And we feel the same way about Rush. Um, I miss him. I've been thinking about him a lot lately. Yeah, you did a podcast, we should point out, with uh, yeah. Bo Snurdly. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Snurdly, who... Uh, did you know he was black? <laughs> yes, I was aware. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. No shocking. idea. Um, but he, of course, worked with Rush for many, many years. And, you know, he, in the interview, pointed out, of course, how great Rush's audience was. But he, I mean, they noticed, they loved our audience, too. Uh, everybody yeah. over at Rush. He said off the air some really nice things yeah. uh, that, you know, Rush had said about this audience and the show mm-hmm. and everything else. And it was very cool. It was very, very cool. We miss him as well. Matthew in, Del- in Delaware. How are you? Good, sir. How are you doing today? Very good. I just called it, was calling in. I wanted to just talk about, like, how are we supposed to go forward especially in regards to having conversations with people. We saw it a lot with the Rittenhouse thing. People were just genuinely misled and misinformed, and I hate that term, Um, but they were. But with that, there was a clear video that we can show people and inform them of what actually happened. But with the vaccines and COVID, it's a lot harder. Um, I remember the UK technical data came out, and it it showed when the vaccines were originally losing their efficacy. And I went to show that data to somebody about a week later, and it was gone. They previously had it broken down by age, showing who was in the hospital, who was vaccinated and unvaccinated. And they pulled it back and edited it and posted it back out again. And it's one of those things where I hate to be um, like angry or frustrated with people for not knowing something that they literally can't get a hold of, you know? And I understand not everybody can follow these things like I or you all do at the Blaze. Um, so it's just hard to try to figure so, out what you're supposed to do. So hang on just a second, because I I want to I want to address this. Will you hold after the uh, break? I'll I'll address your your comment. This is the Glenn Beck program. We're in the final uh, countdown now, not only to uh, Murray Head Weekend, but also Christmas. It's only a couple weeks away, and Chamonix wants you to do uh, celebrate the holiday season with gift giving parties. And all the fun that you're going to have this holiday season, looking years younger and getting compliments everywhere you go, all thanks to GenuCell. From now until Christmas, GenuCell's most popular package is 60% off at GenuCell.com. You can treat yourself and a loved one to the absolute best skincare in the world. See those troublesome, droopy eyelids, maybe forehead wrinkles, maybe you got a little pesky bags and puffiness, and even a sag- sagging jawline. 
All that can disappear right before your eyes with GenuCell's classic collection. With its immediate effects, you will see results in less than 12 hours. That's not my guarantee. That's theirs. So you go and uh, you get the GenuCell. In 12 hours, you see results or your money back. Nothing to risk here. You're also guaranteed to get your GenuCell in time for the holidays because it's made here right here in the United States. Visit GenuCell.com and enter the promo code BECK35 for an additional 35 bucks off. Every order today instantly upgraded to free express shipping for delivery by Christmas. GenuCell.com. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. Hey, hey, don't forget, join us at BlazeTV.com for a Murray Head Weekend <laughs> all weekend long. All right, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's get back to the phones. Uh, we uh, we had Matthew on from Delaware just a few minutes ago, and your question again. Can you restate it, Matthew? Yes, pretty much. Just how do we go forward in trying to talk to people and have conversations about all these things that we're dealing with when they are genuinely misinformed about what the situation is, um, specifically regarding COVID and how the the actual truth about all of this stuff is so hard to get a hold of and it's constantly being changed and kind of all the odds are stacked against us, you know? So Matthew, let me, uh, let me go through a couple of things. Um, first of all, you, you have to, when you have an, um, a discussion with somebody, not an argument, a discussion with somebody, correct. you need to start with is, are you set in your ways to where if I provide information that is factual, uh, that you will reconsider or possibly change your mind. Because if you do that with me and you have things that I don't know, uh, I'll check into them. But if they turn into if they are facts, then I would be uh, I would be a horrible citizen and really kind of a bad person if I didn't change my mind. So you need to preface yeah. it, right? You need to preface it with, uh, with that. Then you also need to say, um, because some of these things, most of our problems, uh, you know, for instance, with coronavirus, my problem is uh, not just, you know, does the, does the vaccine work or is it a therapeutic, et cetera, et cetera. Mine is uh, based on the, the Bill of Rights. Our biggest problem should be that you're being forced to take it if you're not forced yeah, to take it then you take it if you want to um and that's bill of rights so i i have started all of my discussions with people that i don't know do you believe in the bill of rights as written if they say no then you can move on now <clears throat> here's the problem you are exactly right when it comes to uh, the facts being deleted, the facts changing. Um, but we are living now in a world that is, uh, if you are uninformed, it is self-imposed. <clears throat> and here's what I mean by that. Back in the 1930s, we didn't know if the Germans were really rounding people up. Even the Germans didn't know for sure, but they were... Um, on the edge of self-imposed ignorance. It only took somebody asking a few questions 
you know, it could get you killed, but asking a few questions here in the West, generally speaking, we didn't know the difference between conspiracy fact and conspiracy theory. We didn't know if they were really rounding them up. We had heard rumors of that as they turned out, they were true. But until we had evidence of that, it was a conspiracy theory. We are now living in a world where we know and have access to the truth. If you really, what is the difference between us? Remember, it is our president, President Trump, that was the one behind this vaccine. He took credit for it. He deserves credit for it in some ways. Um, and it was, it was his. They were the ones that were skeptical. Why did that suddenly flip? I can tell you when I became against the vaccine, um, and I'm not really against it, uh, but when I became very skeptical of it, and that is when they started acting so bizarrely uh, against all reason and when they started forcing people to take it. When did the other side flip? When did the other side say, I'm not going to take this vaccine if it comes from Donald Trump? And then all of a sudden, because it was administered by Joe Biden, they're not willing to question any of it. So it's all politics. Now, here's where it really gets, I think, we really get into trouble. I don't know if you saw the story that came out last week, but that lawsuit filed by John Stossel. You've been following this, too? Yeah. The lawsuit filed by John Stossel. Um, says he was defamed by fact check. Now, fact check is part of something from Facebook. And they, they labeled a video that he made as misleading. Facebook or Meta's attorneys say that Facebook's fact check, you ready, is an opinion, not an actual check of the facts and declaration of the facts. And under the libel law, Opinions are protected from liability for libel. Okay, so here's what here's what they actually filed. This is the quote from Facebook's complaint. The label themselves are neither false nor defamatory. To the contrary, they constitute protected opinion. Beyond the threshold of Section 230 problem, the complainant also fails to state claim for defamation. For one, Stoffel fails to plead the facts for establishing that Meta acted with actual malice, which as a public figure he must. For another, Stossel claims uh, focus on the fact check articles written by Climate Feedback, not the labels affixed through the Facebook platform. The labels themselves are neither false nor defamatory. To the contrary, they constitute, and I'm quoting, protected opinion. This is something that you need to share with your friends. You need to have this almost printed up in a little card that you keep with, with you. This is Facebook's defense on, uh, uh, against the defamation claim of John Stossel. John Stossel, John Stossel says this is not misleading. These are the facts. So fact check came out and said, no, that's misleading. John knows the facts. No, it's not misleading. 
These are the facts. And he went to court to challenge them on the facts. And what did Facebook do so they wouldn't lose a lot of money? They said those are protected opinions, not actual facts that Facebook was providing. So it's amazing what lawsuits reveal. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So how can protected opinion trump and be the final word on facts? I know what I can and can't say, you know, in the Facebook rules. I know. However, fact check that are merely opinions hurt my credibility, my name, my distribution. I'm made into a conspiracy theorist or somebody who is sloppy on the facts. I know when it comes to the coronavirus, we will admit anything that we get wrong, but we work really hard to get it right. We don't go off half cocked. When we know we're posting something, when I know I'm saying something outside of an opinion, I want to make sure that we have facts. And I use facts to back up my opinion. But my opinion is just that, an opinion, not a fact. The fact that I said the opinion, now that's a fact. <laughs> but I mean, it's... It's an opinion. And you, when, when opinions trump facts, civilizations cannot stand. When the Germans denied the gas chambers and said they were all conspiracy theories, well, it could have been a conspiracy theory because it was only backed up by whispers, questions, and theories. But when we had photographs, documents, and eyewitnesses, only fools or knaves would deny those things. And we call those people Holocaust deniers because they are denying the fact of the Holocaust. Now, the problem here is with the left, this is all by design. Cass Sunstein, who was working for the president, President Obama, advocated and still advocates uh, calling everyone who disagrees with, let's say, uh, critical race theory. They claim that that's a conspiracy theory. Critical race theory, it's not being taught in schools. How many times have you heard that? It's not being taught in schools. That's a conspiracy theory. That's Cass Sunstein. That is the recommendation by Cass Sunstein to the administration and to the left to label people conspiracy theories, quote, even if the claim or the charge ends up being true. We know you can't call milk or meat organic without standards. Why? Because if it's just an opinion, no, this is my opinion, it's organic. That label means nothing, nothing. We cannot call a vaccine a therapeutic. And you can't call a therapeutic a vaccine, until recently, without a very good reason. That one really makes no sense. I mean, who cares what you call it? Honestly, like the whole complaint they have are people that are against vaccines. Probably calling it a therapeutic would benefit everybody. Sure would. If they really want people to take it. 
So how can Facebook claim they are checking facts when they are when their facts are merely opinion? The damage is can't be uh, undone, and this is why your friends won't believe you. It's a well-orchestrated plan, all documented. Read Cass Sunstein. Just look him up. Read Cass Sunstein. <laughs> this was well-orchestrated. Read Rules for Radicals. It says the same thing. And your friends, if they won't go in and look at the other side, and I say the same thing about you, if you are presented with facts that you can go and check and you're not willing to change your mind if they prove to be true, well, then you've joined a religion. And that is the problem. Wokeism is a religion. The Democrats have given over the party to religious zealots. They are revolutionaries and they ask for faith not facts. Give a man a fish and he'll probably eat for a day. Give a man a protein bar and he'll hit you with a tire iron because they suck. Quite honestly, until built bar, you give man a built bar. And if he's like me, he'll avoid eating it until one day when there's no food in the house and then he'll try it and he'll be like, why didn't I eat this a long time ago? It's delicious. Built bar. Eat, I eat every built bar like it is my last or somebody else's last if they're not looking. They're actually healthy for you. They're high in protein, fiber, low in carbs, low in calories, and you'd never know it by the way they taste. They're made with real chocolate. I mean, it, they taste like a candy bar. So this holiday season, don't stress out about the weight. Just if you're going to snack, snack on a built bar. Built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Get 15% off your order. Promo code BEC15 for 15% off now at Built.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let's go to Angie in Pennsylvania. Hello, Angie. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hello. I'm Mace. I finally get to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you, Angie. <laughs> Me too. I get to talk to you. Yay! Um... I just want to talk about the squeeze of the items in stores, the empty shelves. And um, my husband is in the National Guard and he has to quit because they're not going to be giving raises or anything for the technician jobs for at least 18 months. And it's just getting very, very tight in the rural places right. in Pennsylvania. Right. You're in you're in Pennsylvania. And I mean, yeah. It is. It's it's ridiculous to uh, to think um, that the the average person is not noticing these things. Um, you know, I think everyone rich and poor can go to the gas station and notice that inflation at the gas station is happening. I think anyone can go in rich or poor and buy meat or milk and go, wow, that's uh, that's different. The ones that it really hurts are the ones towards the the bottom of the scale. The closer you are to the poverty line, the more those things hurt you. And, you know, when when he said, I'm not going to raise your taxes. And we said, inflation is the hidden tax. 
I hope people understand that. And it does no good to to wallow in this and say we were right and he was wrong because people are truly, truly hurting right now because of inflation. We just have to focus right now on making sure that we keep people awake and we we tell them because so far nothing has been effective coming from this administration on uh, blaming this inflation on anybody else. But I wouldn't I, I wouldn't trust that that's going to be the case a year from now. They'll probably stumble onto something that will work. We just need to make sure that we are teaching our friends while they are teachable because the religion hasn't kicked in yet. That these things come from money printing. These things come from massive spending at the federal government level. Uh, And, you know, the good news is I think it's 55 percent say right now that inflation is being caused by the federal government and printing money and the build back better bill that thing is known by almost everyone now looking at a two trillion or 1.9 trillion dollar bill most everybody including democrats are now starting to say uh that's only going to make things worse it's not going to make it better this is the glenn back program Thank you so much. Sometimes the most important issues are the most complicated. Take finding insurance. Insurance policies uh, are endless for your car, your home, endless companies and endless coverage options to consider. That's why um, you want to you really want all of the facts. Do all of the homework. Get as many different uh, options out there. That's where the zebra comes in. With the zebra, you can compare car and home quotes from every major insurance company in under five minutes, giving you all of the facts, not opinions, all of the facts you need to make a right decision. It is the fastest way to find the right coverage at the right price. And uh, the Zebra is going to help you find that provider you can trust. It saves people an average of $922 a year on home and auto combined. You want to save you want to save money in five minutes. You might be able to save almost a thousand dollars right now. Save time and money in minutes. Compare the quotes for free at the zebra dot com slash Beck the zebra dot com slash Beck. Your phone calls and so much more in just a minute. America, welcome to Tuesday. We've got some good news because it's Good News Tuesday. We also are taking your phone calls, 888-727-BECK. I want to hear about the economy, the shortage that you might be finding, or the fact that you've gone out Christmas shopping in there. You're getting everything you want. Anyway, uh, I want to hear what's impacting you. 888-727-BECK. Also, the things that we have missed or 
you want to clarify an opinion or or tell us we got it wrong someplace. 888-727-BECK. We begin in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Sometimes when you get home at the end of a hard day, the very last thing you want to do is cook a meal for your family. I mean, you could order something, but the pizza delivery guy is, you know, practically on a first name basis with everybody in the house. And that's kind of a problem. This is uh, the part in the story where you usually send your children out to the mean streets and tell them don't come back until they've found dinner. Just I don't care if it's a raccoon. Just bring it in because we're not eating out anymore. Can't do it. And then we'll take that raccoon and we'll put it on a rec tech. Now, I'd like to say that a rec tech could make a raccoon taste good, but I don't think that's true. You're still going to be eating a raccoon. Uh the the rec tech, however, will take anything that you do make like a steak or hamburgers and it can grill them. It can smoke them. It can make incredible ribs. It can also bake. It can you can fire up a pizza in it. It is tremendous. It's rec tech. It's the best out there on the market, especially when you look at the price. There's nothing in its class, but I still think even against the most expensive it is the best uh, out there. It's Rectech. Get one for the holidays. Makes a great Christmas present. Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. All righty then. Let's go to Brittany in Ohio. Hello, Brittany. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Hey, Stu. Um, I appreciate what you guys do so much. Thank you. Um, Thanks. My husband and I have been married for 11 years, and uh, when we were dating, he asked me if I was a Democrat or a Republican, and I asked him what he was, and he said he was a Republican. I said, okay, I guess I'll go with Republican. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, over the past 10 years, I've been listening to you, and you've opened my eyes to a lot of things, and I'm just truly grateful for it because now I'm raising three kids, and uh, I know what to watch out for a lot more, and uh, I kind of see you as a uh, modern day john the baptist to be honest he was beheaded so let's not go there uh but i appreciate (laughs) i appreciate um well thank uh, you very uh, much uh that is that is very kind of you so are you still a republican or are your eyes opened up enough to go "Eh, oh i'm not sure that's always the right answer it's not always the right answer but uh you know i i just I make every decision by prayer. Perfect. To be honest. Perfect. And, uh, but you're, you're talking about inflation and um, shortages and everything. And I've got, I got to tell you, I've got two one-year-old or almost one-year-old twins. And you haven't known panic until you're staring at the formula aisle and the dairy-free formula that your kids mm. need is not on the shelf anywhere. Mm. You know, I, I've, drove, I've driven as far as two hours away from my home to find their formula. I don't think people have any any concept of of what's coming our way um, and how dangerous the situation that we find ourselves in is. I mean, we have we have demonized uh, the Donald Trump idea of America first. That doesn't mean everyone else last. It just means we have to take care of our own. And you know, I've I've compared this to lifeboats uh, and the border. You can't keep taking people into the lifeboat or we'll all drown. 
Um, that doesn't mean you don't have compassion. It means you have to take care of yourself first to be able put the mask on yourself before you put the mask on your child. Why? Because if you pass out because you don't have oxygen, you both die. That's why. And that is a compassionate thing to do. And we are we are in a situation to where if we, God forbid, would go to war or we would uh, have a real serious disruption where we're not getting anything from China for a long time. We don't make our own medicine right now. We don't even have the chemicals. We don't even get them anymore from here. We have to buy the raw materials overseas. This is foolish, foolish. And we've got to wake up to that. Thanks, Brittany, for your phone call. <clears throat> Let me go to Jeff in Arizona. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Glenn. Great to talk with you. Hey, Thank I you. want to get right to my uh, idea, which is about uh, chaos and actually uh, promoting uh, chaos. And I think some of your setup today about um, the backdrop of the defund the police uh, a debacle in Minneapolis and even your talk about uh, Cass Sunstein and rules for radicals fits right in. So, uh, have you? How long have you listened to me, Jeff? How long have you listened to me? Oh, back in the days of Fox. Okay. So, do you know where I stand yeah. on chaos? Before you start. No. Okay. All right. Well, go ahead, and I'll. I'll you're let pro you know. chaos, are you? Yeah. Go ahead. Cap- he's Captain Chaos. Yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, a lot of you know a lot of folks in your lineup, and I think you hold this position as well. Um, you know, Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz and others realize the fact that we are we are living through a revolution. Yes, right we now. are. Yes, and actually, we are. it's not just right now. It's it's been for a hundred years. You know, Marxism uh, imported from Europe. And so, uh, one comment that's often made is that it's only the other side that's fighting. And so, I want to point out that in a revolution, a revolution is always asymmetric warfare, to use some warfare terms. And in Rules for Radicals, you know, you, you just mentioned this, um, Alinsky preaches using the system against itself, using the methods of the system against itself. And we are given the rights to assemble and redress our government's issues. And so I'm suggesting limited chaos. We're in a time frame, as you've mentioned, that the inflation is going to go for a while. And we've got four years of these crazy leftists in power. Let's have limited chaos to prove the failure, prove the failure of their systems. And I want to say real quickly, I'm not in favor of serious problems, monetary problems like getting Saul Amarova in. I'm not in favor of people dying like Taiwan being taken over by China. But here's a good example. If the left, if the Democrat, Democrats try to impeach Biden, let's not go with it. Let's keep them in. Let's keep the chaos going as long as we gain control of the Congress in this next election cycle. So limited chaos will lead to the exposure of the failure of their systems. Okay, first of all, here's where I stand on chaos. Who is the author of chaos? Yeah, that's a great point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty good point. (laughs) What I'm saying is fighting for freedom, because we all know we have to fight for freedom. So may I change change your terminology? Because I don't think you're talking about limited chaos. What you're talking about uh, is possibly one of two things, and maybe the combination. Civil disobedience, which is not chaos civil disobedience and 
allowing people to feel the full ramification of their choice. And that's the bet. The best thing that happened to Donald Trump is that he didn't win uh, this last. Well, you know what I'm saying? He's not in office um, because people are waking up and seeing what they're preaching isn't working. And the best thing that could have happened to Donald Trump and, and his campaign and the Republicans is for this nightmare, which I wish on no one. But this nightmare of inflation, it it is the difference that we have been missing. Americans have felt comfortable through everything, including the bank bailout, which was absolutely wrong. But they were saved from the real true pain of all of the mistakes of the past. Yes, people suffered in 2008, but apparently it wasn't enough. And it wasn't certainly the right people suffering, the ones who actually caused it. Now, the people who have caused this are in office, but people voted them in and listened to all of these lies. They're waking up now and going, wait a minute, that doesn't work. And if you're asking for allowing people to feel the pain of their own mistakes, that's not chaos. That's those are consequences. And I think they should be yeah. expressed. Let me use another word that comes from our lexicon that you'll understand that fits right in as we're we're really uh, having a great discussion here. The, the, maybe the proper word is sacrifice. We need to sacrifice as they did in the civil rights movement, as others have before us. You know, it's there is going to be chaos because they've brought it. The author of chaos has brought it. We need to sacrifice in the fight against it. If people need to, and amen, I want to say amen to my brothers and sisters out there across America who have maybe even given up their jobs yes. to fight against this. Yes, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Thank you so much. Uh, but don't ever, don't ever push for chaos. Civil disobedience, uh, yes. Um, uh, play within the, the, the system that we are in far as the laws as they are righteous if they start making laws like the vaccine mandate well that's i'm sorry i'm not going to abide will i go to jail for that maybe but that's a consequence of of me not abiding by a law that i think is wrong uh, and we we have to point those things out and we have to be able to accept the consequences uh, of all of those things. Let me go to uh, let me go to Jason. Hello, Jason in New Jersey. Welcome. Hey, good morning. It's a pleasure talking to you and I, I enjoy you guys' program. And I still um, listening to Rush Limbaugh for quite some time, too. But uh, try to get right to the point as your producer wanted me to. I drive truck. I'm from Maine and uh, I do flatbed hauling. And uh, my truck is actually at the shop, the Kenworth dealership, and they told me it could be two to three days. So I'm at a suit, a suite right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when they talk about shortage of drivers, I just want to clarify something. Um, I know you had someone on the program that talked about that for a little bit, but there's no difference in shortages since the pandemic and before the pandemic. There's always a turnover where people come in, they don't like it. They move on to something else. Correct. That's in any job. So as a person that's been doing this through the whole COVID and going to Canada to get 
loads of toilet paper when that used to occur, COVID. Um, so uh, going all the way up to Deeper, New Brunswick, Canada, getting toilet paper and coming back through. Now, just recently, last week, I was cutting through Canada, and I was advised that come January 15th, if you're not vaccinated, Canada does not want you in their country. So what do you think that's going to do to the trucking industry? So when you talk about supply and demand and you put these restrictions that are stupid because you figure I've been through Canada for the better part of a year during the whole pandemic. And now all of a sudden January 15th is the magic wand that says we can no longer allow people from the United States into Canada unless you're vaccinated. And before you even show up to the border, you're supposed to download an app on your phone and answer their COVID questionnaire. So wait, so, so are you going up to Canada and getting things for America? So I was going to Canada to get toilet paper back when that was the crisis. Okay. Uh, but now we all know that one ply versus two ply doesn't cure COVID. So right. um, for different products and reasons, we go to Canada for, uh, it could be uh, printing paper, it could be anything. But okay. right now doing flatbed, it was mostly getting some pellets uh, for heating. So okay. there is... Sometimes we do do that, but come January 15th, I will there'll be one less truck going so, to Canada because I refuse to get vaccinated. You're saying that there is not currently a shortage of drivers, but are there shortages of people um, loading and unloading? That is, that's my point. That's, so when you look at when Trump was in office, what he did is he took the restrictions off us truck drivers. We're allowed a 14-hour day. And in that 14-hour day, 11 hours of it is drive time, and it's electronically logged. You can't fake it. Otherwise, you get a big no-no, and you can be parked for a good 34 hours. There's a 70-hour work week you're allowed. In that 70-hour work week, when your 70 hours is up, you need a 34-hour reset. So when Donald Trump was in office, and right in the middle of the pandemic, he said, listen, I'm going to make it so you can go COVID-exempt on your logs to do groceries, strictly grocery items. That can include water, toilet paper, anything for the grocery stores. And that's why the supply chain didn't get affected as bad as because he took the restrictions off us. Mm. And then when you had these, when you took the big warehouses like Amazon and all these other like Walmart grocery stores, you know, the, the distribution centers, when you're, especially in Maine, pulling spring water, when you're doing that line of work, it frees the truck up so as you can get to your delivery if you're running short on time, whether it be weather in the Northeast, like we've had, anything that could affect your day, cars, commuting. Um, so that allowed us to get the, the freight there. But once you got there, if your next load was not considered a COVID load, you had to go to the nearest truck stop and get a 10-hour reset thing to get your hours back and then get going. So what happens when you restrict us truck drivers, like California has their their rules with what they allow for trucks in there. That's not helping getting the supply out. And then when you have a shortage of warehouses that are infected with COVID, they go from 300 people down to 100 people. Guess what? Now you got trucks sitting, even though they made the appointment time for one o'clock in the afternoon mm. and they didn't get unloaded till six, that choosing to their hours. Now that driver had five hours in his book to go get the next load, but because he got held up, he no longer has those five hours. Uh, Jason, thank you for explaining that. That's great information. By the way, um, there is a shortage now of people, they say, especially in the Northeast, people that are willing to plow and salt uh, the roads or sand the roads. This is going to cause even more problems. Uh, this one, uh, I just read this morning, I can't remember where it was, Federalist or 
uh, Wall Street. I can't remember. Um, but uh, the the shortage looks like it's being caused by those people who are just not willing to go back to work, um, especially with something risky like going and plowing the roads, et cetera, et cetera, and hard work. A lot of them aren't willing to go to work. If you are somebody who can drive a truck and you can drive a salt truck, uh, I would uh, I would beg of you to go back to work and uh, and make sure those roads are clear, at least for the trucks so we can get supplies uh, to and fro. Well, most of us, it's a season of giving, but it's also the season of taking. If you happen to be a a cyber criminal, it's the most wonderful time of the year for them as well, because you're doing a lot of shopping online, which makes you very vulnerable. Uh, There's things you can do, like use a VPN instead of public Wi-Fi, create strong passwords, uh, checking your accounts for fraud, etc., etc., But you also need a dedicated source checking for you on all kinds of things. And that's where LifeLock comes in. And they not only alert you if they find suspicious activity, but they also work with you to fix it. That's the real service of LifeLock. Nobody can stop everything from happening. Nobody can check everything. However, LifeLock by Norton is the best in the business. And now you can save up to 25% off your first year with promo code BACK. 800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. Use the promo code BACK. Save 25% off now, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or lifelock.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I'm going to take line seven, please. This is Matthew in Oklahoma. Hello, Matthew. Hey, good morning, Glenn. How are you, sir? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you pick up your phone? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Hey, good morning, Glenn. Stu, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Thanks. Uh, hey, Glenn, I wasn't sure uh, what visibility you guys had on what's going on in the military. I know that it's been discussion in the past, but I'm currently uh, in the process of trying to retire. But uh, the vaccine mandate is uh, obviously causing some issues. And uh, I applied for the religious accommodation, but uh, to my knowledge, yeah, none of those are going to happen. I don't think any of them have been granted. Uh, Mine was turned down. And uh, the January, or there was a deadline of June 30th, I believe. But what I've been told is January 1st is actually the deadline. What they want to do is uh, anybody that is not uh, given the shot or uh, agreed to take the shot right. is uh, all of that administrative and punitive action is going to take place between January 1st and June 30th. I have uh, almost 30 years. I'm also a, a partially disabled veteran. Holy and if God. they, uh, what will happen is if they do a, a dishonorable discharge, I lose, lose obviously everything. my retirement, but I also lose my disability through the VA as well. So have you, have you called your Senator? I did. I did just last week. All of this came about pretty quick. I was I was told that if I don't go get it, I'm disobeying a lawful order. And and uh, so I did uh, reach out to my center. In fact, I just received a message while I was waiting. Okay, uh, good. For, uh, yeah, that said that they had uh, contacted the Department of the Army. But uh, okay, uh, again, so you call me. Uh, f- geez, I'm going. Uh, I'm going away. All, all I can tell you is 
you need to call your your uh, senator, call your congressman, get them working on your case. Make sure that, you know, it's uh, that somebody is following it because there is uh, an effort now in Congress and in the Senate to make sure that no one is dishonorably discharged and that everyone gets their benefits uh, if they are leaving because they won't take the vaccine. I just don't think that will stand. Um, I, I, they're just—they're not going to do that to veterans and get away with it. At least, at least, they might until the Republicans get in charge, and then this they'll be restored. The Glenn Beck program. Nothing more evil than that, in my opinion. But uh, there's a line from one of the greatest movies uh, ever made. Frodo says, "What are we holding on to, Sam?" Sam says. That there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Love that. Love that. You and I belong to what could be the last generation in America who knows what it's like to be truly free, unless things change. That's partly on us, partly on our children. And we have to, we have to equip them for this task. The best way to do it is with the TuttleTwinsBooks.com. You know, if you've learned anything from the Lord of the Rings, there's all kinds of messages, great messages in that. Um, and that's the way we learn the best when it's tied to a great story. So whether you want to teach your kids about the economy, the, the real meaning of freedom, how we get their limited government, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This is a gift that needs to be under the tree for toddlers to teens. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Head over to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me go to Susan in Ohio. Hello, Susan. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hello. Hey, um, I just would, while I'm concerned about the inflation and the effect that it, the impact it has on me this year, I'm really concerned about the effects of inflation on the middle class families as it begins to take away all their assets, all yes. the generational growth. And I think we don't talk enough about that. I know we're, we want things immediate, but I would like, uh, just please talk a little bit more about the loss of family farms and businesses and what happens well, from I one think, generation to the next. Right. I think that we, uh, that those are not solely tied to inflation. Um, inflation uh, will, you, you, your nest egg will go away because if your salary doesn't go up with inflation, then uh, you're going to have to start dipping into your savings. So your savings goes away. Um, if we start working in a world where, as the president keeps saying, well, you've got to pay your people more. If you do that in a high inflation period, which we are in now, um, if you do that, you start the inf inflation spiral. Wages go up and thus prices continue to go up. And so you're constantly battling. That's why when you ordered food, in a restaurant of uh, in Germany, you paid for it uh, when you ordered. I would like a cup of coffee, please. It's a quarter. Great. Here's the quarter. Because 15 minutes later, 30 minutes later, when it got so bad, it might be 35 cents for that cup of coffee. So you paid when you ordered. 
Um, that's the inflation spiral. And that's going to happen. But when it comes to losing your family farm, that's more than just inflation. You're going to lose farms because people can't afford it. But there are things that are going on in the United States right now and and the government um, that are going to take those family farms. They are going to start limiting those those farms. They're going to start regulating those farms. They're going to tax them to death. Remember, the goal of the Great Reset is by 2030, you will own nothing. Well, how do you get a society that is built on ownership, private ownership? How do you get that society to not own anything? You bankrupt it. That's what you do. You bankrupt it. Hmm. Thanks for your phone call, Susan. Um, so what do you, where do you see the economy going here? Uh, for example, one of the things that I don't think a lot of people are talking about is since COVID started, the Trump administration basically uh, turned off the requirement to pay your student loans, mm-hmm. you know, and they said, okay, you know, for we're in the middle of a pandemic, you don't have to pay your student loans right now. Turn the interest rates down to zero. Let's ride this out. And so that's been extended multiple times by first the Trump administration and then into the Biden administration. Biden is now saying that uh, come next year, it's over, right? Start, I think it's January. You're now going to have to start making those payments a lot uh, again. And you think about all the money that people owe that have ha- and they've had this this ramp of not paying it. Now these payments turn back on in the middle of a, a, a very uh, disconcerting economic time. So that turns on. Inflation is there. Uh, all of this backlog with the supply chain all working together at the same time. What does that look like? Uh, a mess. It's why you're not hearing anybody saying, oh, well, this year's been bad, but next year will be better. <laughs> There's okay? no way. I can't wait for 2022. You, yeah. You're not hearing that. And I think that's because people know. You've got, a, you've got something else that you have to pile on here. People are going to be watching what the Fed decides to do uh this week because the fed has to raise interest rates and they also have to taper and what they've been doing and we've been telling you this since 2008 what they've been doing is they've been buying our our federal debt okay instead of selling it to countries no country will buy it so the fed has been buying that debt which just adds to their balance sheet then they've been printing money uh, as well, and they've been shipping that money uh, to the banks, and the banks have been using it uh, to buy stocks and everything else, so they can they can put their balance sheet in order. You have had these bailouts going out going on really since 2008, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Um, they're tapering all of that now, which means they're turning that tap of cash off that's really flowing into the market. So they have to turn that off. When they turn that off, that's going to cause problems with the bank. It's going to cause problems in the stock market. It's going to cause all kinds of problems because the money flow from the Fed, not the federal government, from the Fed is tapering off. Then they're going to also raise Interest rates, which they have to do the way you fight inflation is to raise interest rates. 
But no one on earth has ever tried to suck this much money back into the system, get it back to the to the Federal Reserve and the Treasury so it can be destroyed. No one in the history of the world has ever tried that. In 1980, uh, Paul Volcker got our interest rates up to, I think, 15 or I believe the highest was 19. It might have been 15, but I believe it was 19 percent. 19 percent. We are now at about 3 percent. You want a mortgage? 3 percent. You need a loan for your small business? 3 percent. 5 percent. 8 percent if you're in real you know, bad way. 19 percent? That was in 1980. What is it going to take to get those interest uh, to get this inflation down after dumping 11 trillion dollars out into the world? We have to suck that all back. The problem is when you suck all of that stuff back, it makes money scarce. That will make inflation go down. Okay, and you worry about a deflationary period where people can't afford anything. So the prices cave. This is an incredible balance that I'm not sure they can do. And we're doing it at the worst possible time. Because we've made things so bad that if you don't have people who are willing to work. You're going to have inflation. If you then add extra salary to people to get them to work, that adds inflation. Mm -hmm. Then if you take the money from the corporations through loans to build new jobs and to expand, jobs start to become more and more scarce. And you're just in this cycle that just spins into the drain. I think we're in for real, real trouble um over the the next year to i think it could be until a republican gets back into into power um and we have a a sane senate and house and i'm not saying that's a republican one it's just more sane than the democrats but until we start doing the right thing consistently and are willing to accept the pain that is coming from all of these horrible decisions it's just going to keep getting worse. This kind of goes back to what the earlier caller was saying. You know, you mentioned the Reagan situation, and there's no better way to emphasize, I suppose, that conservative policies are better than by implementing liberal ones, right? When they get into office and they do the things that they want to do, people tend to wake up and say, wow, we really don't want that. We, we brought this That's up with, we're winning. with defund the police earlier, right? Yeah. Minneapolis is like, ah, we'll defund the police. Holy crap. Let's let's rethink that a little bit. And it happens pretty quickly. But we but, were but we at the time were arguing theories. Right. And okay? but now we have evidence. Now we have evidence. Mm -hmm. And that's what's waking people up. But we, this is something that has been bothering me for a while, though. In all these conversations, including this previous caller, who basically said, if you missed it, he said, you know, we need some chaos. And he explained a little nuanced explanation yeah, yeah. of that. But basically, we we need to let these things happen. We need to try these sort of things. We need to fight. We need to do all these things that maybe aren't consistent with our principles per se, but we need to win right now because we're always losing. And that is like a, an undercurrent of of almost every conservative, it seems that we all we're always losing 
These things are always rolling over us and we never do anything. And therefore we have to change everything that we're doing and, and try these new tactics and, you know, go a little, try, get, get a little wild. Like let's try some stuff. And I don't know. That's so per, per, pervasive on the right right now. But when you look at what's actually happening, these, like for example, the vaccine mandates are not happening because we're, we're out in the streets um, uh, causing chaos. Causing chaos. They're, they're being overturned because the courts are overturning them because they're unconstitutional, mm-hmm. right? And that's largely because of a long-term conservative legal project that has resulted in a lot of good judges that actually know what the Constitution says. Um, we can thank a lot of this. We can put the thanks on Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, and Donald Trump. Yeah, and and I think you know it goes back further than that as well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like but it's but it's but it's been a that's a success story, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the possibility of Roe versus Wade being overturned, and again, I'm not counting those. And this is a weird way to talk about eggs and hatching because of the, top, yeah, the yeah, subject yeah. matter. I'm not counting that as a as a win, but the fact that it's even possible is because of of Correct. a long term project. So why is why why do conservatives feel this pervasive sense of losing when it does seem like we're winning because i think conservatives um well i think everybody generally is uh let me give you this example um remember i said yesterday we don't buy when it's cheap we buy at the top okay (laughs) buy high sell low yeah when housing market (laughs) goes crazy you're like I got well, to get a house. I got to get a house. Oh, well. I mean, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're and you're buying it way too late. You're always behind the curve. OK, you buy low, you sell high. Uh, we do the opposite. The same thing is true. Um, you know, things are lagging indicators. We are a lagging indicator. There are other indications that show we're winning, but we don't feel it yet. We I, I think we are we have been looking at the mainstream media as a barometer for a very long time. That hasn't changed. That's a really bad barometer. Mm-hmm. OK, and they're not changing at all. So we look at that and we see, you know, uh, all of the shows on TV and everything else. We're like, hey, we're surrounded by this and we're not looking at. What are the ratings? What's the health of these companies? How many people are watching them? How many people believe them anymore? Their credibility is in the toilet. I think it's if it's not single digits, it's almost single digits mm-hmm. with their credibility now. So they they don't have any credibility left. When you look at his all of these policies that we've been arguing about in theory, You can't reimagine the police. We now have the evidence and those policies are now being reversed. You can't just spend money like crazy. Well, that's now being shown true because of the economy. You can't teach this to our kids. Well, we're not teaching it. We don't believe you. And the media cannot convince us that you're telling us the truth because we know the truth. We're seeing it. We are winning on multiple fronts right now. And this is a new feeling that I had. I was really, really worried about losing and thought there are no way out, no way out. <laughs> there is. There is. 
and it's already happening. It's the American people standing up who are awake and others waking up because they're starting to feel real pain. All right, Patriot Mobile. Here's a, here's another way to win. Switch to Patriot Mobile right now. Get away from these big, huge corporations that are teaching their people to be less white. Uh, they're sending their money to Planned Parenthood, If in the case of Verizon. Get away from them. You now have a choice. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. 972Patriot. You can get free activation with the offer code Beck. They're going to have special discounts if you're a veteran or a first responder. Um, they have special discounts for multi-line accounts. And you can support a company that loves America. So cut your phone bill sometimes by half. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck and stand with a company that stands with you. PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or 972 Patriot. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, another way to show how the the right is winning is we talked about Bob Costas yesterday saying, hey, I'm I'm not. I'm not a crazy liberal here. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe that's just the Overton window has been moved so far that Bob Costas can say credibly, I'm not like those people, but mm-hmm. he's still a, a crazy liberal, but he's just not a revolutionary Marxist. Yeah. You know what I mean? That whole category of Bill Mars. Right. Essentially now. Bill yeah. Maher is another case. Look at all of the people that are starting to wake up and say, I want nothing to do with this. Look at the courage of J.K. Rowling. This woman is amazing, amazing. Uh, War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. The penist individual who raped you is a woman. That was her latest tweet. Yeah. She's getting some heat for that. Oh, yeah. The best part about her, and she's in the same category as Elon Musk. They just have so much money. They can't possibly care about what you think about them. Can I tell you something, though? (laughs) It's so good. You don't have to have money. To create that you just have to know what you believe when people look at you and you're like yeah I don't really care I got nothing to lose here because I'd rather lose everything than my soul you become a very dangerous person and that's why they target people like JK Rowling they need her to shut up and sit down and I love the fact that for now a couple of years She just keeps doubling down. Mm -hmm. She's an amazing woman. What you are about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Glad you're with us. I want to continue a conversation that we were having last hour. Stu and I were talking about why is it we feel like we are losing um, when we're not. And I think it's because people haven't caught up yet. This is, Winning is a new thing. You know, I haven't really felt like we were winning in quite some time. Maybe 
since the Tea Party, and we all saw how that worked out. Uh, however, this is different. This is real change that is happening, and it's happening all across America. And I want to I want to start there and take your phone call at 888-727-BECK. Next. The Glenn Beck Program. Christy has just written. She's from Texas. She said, Glenn, my dog is 16 years old. Uh, she had quite uh, she had uh, a, quite a problem eating her food. She would just give up on it and she was losing weight. The vet wasn't very happy with me about it. Boy, do I know that one. I thought I'd give rough greens a try. Guess what? It's only been a week. She's already eating again. I can tell she's gaining weight already. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love what rough greens has done for my dog. Christy, thank you for writing in. It's a rough green story that I hear over and over again, and I know firsthand because of my dog, Uno. This is not a dog food. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on the food. Dogs usually love it. It tastes amazing, apparently, to them. Meanwhile, they're getting all the vitamins and minerals and other things, probiotics that uh, your dog needs, my dog needs. You can get a free bag of Rough Greens for your dog just to try out. Make sure he'll eat it, and it's free. All you pay for is shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash Beck, or call 833-GLEN-33. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, Stu, we were talking last hour about this uh this feeling that we are are losing somehow yeah you get this a lot from conservatives right now who just obviously we're in a tough time and a lot of things have gone wrong over the past couple of years and there there's a sort of pervasive sense of constant losing you know the, the example i hear all the time is this example of like you know we can't just sit here and like let people have trans uh, you know uh trans what was it uh the story time you know yeah, trans drag queen story time. yeah drag queen story time um and and like yeah of course i would agree it's not a not a good thing for our society uh, although you know I, I will say it's not a recognizable part of my life uh, you know I, I now i live in texas where there's a lot of you know there's a lot of pushback maybe if you're living in you know downtown portland the libraries are quite different uh but it does seem that there's this sense of we're constantly in this state of losing where like you know it, we're only, I mean, in 2021, Donald Trump was president. That, that, that was still going on in this year, right? Uh, obviously, we're seeing the results of, of some of the, the judges, and I think the legal system has held up pretty well when it comes to all of the crazy challenges that the left has brought to it uh, in the later parts of this year. Uh, that's been, I think, a positive. Um, and what's happening, I think, now, everywhere from Afghanistan to inflation, is people are seeing the results of what happens when you go the other way. And that is likely to lead to positive things pretty soon down the road. Now, we've also talked about how far ahead many times progressives are with things like ESG, and and it makes you really doubt what the future can hold. But we also should recognize that a lot of these things that we've tried to do over the years have worked pretty well. And we've pushed back and won a lot of these battles, too. It's not a constant state of losing. The left isn't, you know, it's, it's, this is not, it's not Samson. In a way, it is Samson. But, you know what I mean? It's not this unbelievable, uh, impossible victory for conservatives. We, we, we succeed more than I think we give ourselves credit for. Well, we, we have, especially recently, I mean, uh, you know, there is a... Um, 
Donald Trump succeeded. He succeeded probably better than any other president uh, in my lifetime in getting real, some real changes made. For instance, the Middle East is the biggest, the biggest thing. And he demonstrated a couple of things. One, you can support Israel and not have the world come against you. You can move the embassy there, but you can also get the people in the Middle East to start siding with Israel and against Hamas, Hezbollah and terror. And he had a historic peace deal. Now it's falling apart. You don't have to negotiate with terrorists. You don't have to give them money uh, to get them to uh, comply with you far as Iran. Um you you can end wars. You don't need to have these endless ongoing wars. What you need to do is go in and hammer the bats out of them and then move on. And that's how he killed the caliphate. You have um, you have people now in uh, in the conservative movement that are looking at possible war with China, possible war with um with Russia, and you have people who have always been very, very America first and let's go get them that are saying, I don't want war. I don't want war. Let's let's mind our own business here. Let's take care of America. And thus, if we set a good example, we will change the world. That's new. We're not so hawkish as we were. Some of these things are um, are game-changing for the republicans here's here's something else we don't trust the republicans before we had you know these these rhinos that were running michael Steele that were running the republican party now i think you have voters republican voters that if they had another uh, option somebody that they believed would actually go buck their own party if need be to stop playing the same game they'd vote for him and they'd want him in they want to get rid of these clowns in office and it's more mature than it was with the tea party we know how the game is played now and we don't trust that you're just going to be elected and then you're going to go and do it we watch you now the other thing is is we have been playing uh, the game, and I, I see this one firsthand. I've been telling you that there are Marxists in our government and, and, and in the Democratic Party for the last 20 years. And it has been laughed, mocked, and ridiculed. I've been called a conspiracy theorist. I've been called a, uh, a racist for saying that the president was a Marxist. Uh, I've been called all kinds of names. You notice nobody's denying now that Marxists are involved in our government, that Marxists are trying to overthrow the United States, that uh, this this revolution is truly a revolution. Notice not a lot of people now in the middle are denying that it seems as though the Democratic Party has been taken over by radicals and revolutionaries. That was unheard of. That's a huge, 
huge change. Again, have you noticed that the press isn't listened to? Have you noticed that Jimmy Kimmel or uh, who was it this week? Uh, uh, Fallon gets uh, the president on and he's talking about the economy and nobody is buying into this economy lie mm-hmm. and nobody's watching Fallon. Nobody's watching Kimmel. Certainly nobody's watching a bunch of dancing syringes. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, that was that was terrible. You don't have the power of <laughs> SNL anymore because it's not funny. It's just not funny. And it's gone through periods of not being funny, but it has now just given into we are a propaganda arm. That's all we're supposed to do is hold up the right people and make fun of the wrong people as the woke crowd decides. America isn't having any of that. that that's a huge change. You're seeing movies like we talked about earlier. Movies are now starting to become what Christian movies used to be. Christian movies used to be like, okay, I got it. I got it. Stop being so preachy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so they always sucked. This now, that's what's happening to the left. The left is starting to make that Santa Claus thing on HBO. What is that? That claymation by yeah, Sarah Seth Silverman Rogen. and Seth yeah. Rogen. It's awful. It's awful. Because they've forgotten that it's entertainment that is much more important than the message. You can't get anybody to listen to the message. And yet we are now starting to understand entertainment and our message is gaining strength because A, we are starting to learn how to tell stories on the right. And B, the things that we've always talked about that were conspiracy theories or only theories are now being proven to be true. I say something now, uh, and it used to take, you know, 10 years before you would see it. I can tell you now about the Great Reset and tell you that I think we're really, really behind the eight ball. But three months later, they've called it a conspiracy theory and they're discredited because they are actually implementing it and the banks are now doing these things and you can point to them and people are paying attention to it. We are winning because people are waking up and the sides are flipping. They they had the conservatives down because they said it's all about Jesus and God and they're forcing you to live like Jesus wants you to live, okay? Mm-hmm. That's how they that's how they destroyed us. Well, they are forcing people into their religion. And people are understanding their religion is not based on facts. It is a faith-based religion. Just believe Fauci. That's different than science. Believe Fauci. Believe what we say. Deny what your eyes are showing you. Deny what your ears are hearing. Deny what your wallet is saying every time you go to the grocery (laughs) store. Deny those things and believe us. It's not going to last. You can't spin your your way out of milk being triple the cost. You can't. The media doesn't have that sort of power. But let me ask you this. This sort of sprung from a conversation I had with my wife on this idea that there's just this feeling of despair among the American people at times. You know, 
part of this obviously is COVID from both sides, you know, people losing loved ones and people having to deal with crazy restrictions and losing their livelihoods and all the things associated with it. And that's part of this era that I don't think you can separate. But, you know, it was after the the Wisconsin parade incident where the guy, where that SUV ran over all those people, Glenn, mm-hmm. the, or the out of the control out SUV. Of control. We said weird. SUVs were going to kill all the planet and, and it here, there it is. But after that happened, my wife, you know, we were going back and forth, I think, on text on and she said something like, you know, what is this world coming to? I can't believe what what is this? And that's a totally rational, like, reaction to a madman running over a bunch of people at a Christmas parade, obviously. But then I, 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 as I started thinking about it myself a little bit, we, that very same weekend, had gone to a Christmas parade slash festival type of thing. Unafraid. And it unafraid and it was awesome we had a great time our community was gathered there were people from i'm sure all over the political spectrum there but everyone was great and we had a great time and we loved it and at the same the same weekend probably tens of thousands of communities had similar events that were fantastic and everybody loved them and they all left happy and they, you know, they had their hot cocoa and they, their kids were, you know, wide eyed looking at Santa Claus and all the things that happened all over the country for so many people. And almost all of them were not at this one parade that we all know about that was legitimately tragic and horrible and we need to, you know, we need to worry about and, and stop, of course, but it doesn't affect uh, and it, you know, it probably did not affect your life. It was a really terrible thing that happened, and it gave the sense to even my wife, who and myself, who were at really wonderful events that same weekend, that the whole society was falling apart. And I mean, it is, in reality, that's not true, right? I mean, wh- it how is do we not true? How do we stop that? Uh, we we stop. Listen, and it's happening. We stop listening to the coasts. Hmm. We stop listening to the coasts. But we don't. We can't not talk about that event. We can't not cover it. It's not the media saying, "Okay, well, don't worry about that." They seem to not want to talk about the the Wisconsin parade, right? Because it, it didn't feed their narrative, which is waking even more people up. Hmm. The ones who responded, the ones who helped, the ones who are talking about it, were talking about it. Those, generally speaking, are the conservatives, the conservative movement, the ones who are ignoring this clear tragedy and a flaw in their own thinking, their own system. They brought this upon this community. They're not talking about it. And by not talking about it, the people are noticing, especially the people in the town, Wait a minute. How come nobody's talking about us? How come nobody's nobody's paying attention? Yeah. How come the news rooms in America just abandoned that story? Hmm. People are waking up and noticing. That's the most important thing. That's what I've been saying for years. Wake up, America. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Once you awake this sleeping giant, it's a giant. And it wins. So do you, is it important to have those things together? Being awake, noticing what's going on, understanding the world, but also keeping it in perspective. I mean, I think that's a difficult thing for people to do when they're barraged by it constantly on social media and everything else. Well, that's why I think it's important for people like us to 
um, ring the bell of alarm, but also talk about our successes. You know, I, I did not feel this way three months ago. I didn't feel this way three, four months ago. Um, I just didn't think we had it in us. I was giving up on the American people. I'm not there now. I really, truly believe we are well positioned for a win. Let me give you another example. When we come back, I want to talk about the texts that came out on January 6th. Mm -hmm. They've just been released. Let me give you another example there. First, let me tell you about Tuttle Twins books. These are these are a must to have uh, under your tree for Christmas. I don't care if you have teenagers or if you have toddlers. They have books for everybody. And if you have kids or grandkids, or maybe you just want to understand it yourself and you've never read Leviathan or you've never read The Road to Serfdom. I've read Road to Serfdom. I haven't read Leviathan. Have you? Mm, no, I don't and, think so. And we should. We should all know those things if we're going to try to de- defend our country and our system. That's what the Tuttle Twins uh, books do. But they break it down. I mean, literally, they break those stories down for toddlers to teens. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. If you want to save the republic, you have to save your own family and your own children and grandchildren first. Get them now 40% off. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Do you have the text? Do you have the Yep. Yeah. Um, look for the actual texts. I, I, uh, I had them earlier I this morning. You mm-hmm. have them? Yep. These are the texts that now have been revealed uh, by the press and by Congress of all of the texts between all of the people in on January 6th. What do the texts say? Yeah, this is mainly the focus from the media has been on Fox News hosts who were texting Mark Meadows on January 6th. Uh, Laura Ingram texted Mark Meadows and said, Mark, the president needs to tell people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy. Um, Then you had um, Brian Kilmeade from Fox and Friends uh, urged Meadows in a text message to, quote, please get him on TV. The riot was destroying everything you have accomplished. Hannity asked Meadows if Trump could make a statement and ask people to leave the Capitol. Um, There's also a text uh, from Donald Trump Jr., Mm-hmm. Um, who called on his father to condemn the actions of the rioters and make a speech from the Oval Office. Okay, so you can say, look at look at the influence they had. Look at the direct access. And that's what they're doing. These Trump people were listening to Fox News people. Really? Because I thought your argument was this was a well-coordinated effort right. to overthrow the government and everybody who's a conservative was in on it. It shows that the leading voice you stand against, Fox News, they were against it. Even the president's son was saying, I got dad, you got to say something right now. You got to say something. So at best, you have something that was so well coordinated that only the president was involved. (laughs) Okay, you've made the point here. You've destroyed your own. Your own point. Right, because it seems like the media is trying to basically say, well, 
you've heard dismissive comments from Fox News hosts about the seriousness of January 6th. But in the moment, they knew how serious it was and were texting they the president. They knew how it, they knew. But that is in the moment when you don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Stop it right now. Why you're having dismissive is because they're labeling us dismissive because we say it wasn't as bad as the Civil War. Right. <laughs> to them, that's dismissive. To us, that's the truth. But every American, every American, maybe 5% disagree with this. They did not want that to happen. And by the way, in that 5%, Antifa that wants chaos. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So the uh, CEO of Goldman Sachs just said publicly that he expects lower returns on the stock market for a few years. The stock market is overinflated and it's overinflated by money that was has been coming from the Fed. Now that the Fed will know this week is going to start ratcheting that money down. You're going to see the stock market start to go down as they raise interest rates. You're going to see all kinds of bad things as you see um, uh, inflation go up, whether it's from money printing or people not willing to work uh, or both in this case. You're going to see problems, and eventually all of this would mean a, a dollar that is worthless, and they're going to have to change to something. When the world goes insane, you should run to gold or silver. Please call this week, call Goldline, and find out how to diversify and protect a portion of your retirement with precious metals. Call them now, 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. You get Glenn TV, Stu Does America, and so much more. Use the promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, uh, we've been talking about winning and uh, the feeling of being defeated. They need you. They want you. This is Saul Alinsky. You've got to feel defeated. But you're not. You're not even close. We are close to defeating them. It's only a matter of time if we continue to show courage and stand up and stand up together arm in arm and writing stuff for my son recently because he is uh, he's getting ready to you know graduate and move out on his own and been trying to God, I know it's that crazy? horrifying as you say that horrifying, I've known you for too long <laughs> I know horrifying. I remember when he was when born you went to get him yeah and I, oh I my know. gosh um, <clears throat> be brave When you're alone, be brave. When you want to quit, be brave. When your mind fills with fog so thick a knife can't cut it, be brave. The sun rose today, and so did you. Both happened for a reason. Be brave. Let me go to Chris in New York. Hello, Chris. Hi. How are you, Glenn? Good. How are you? You bet. So I'm in, like you said, lovely New York, and uh, we, have, uh, we have Governor Hochul here, who just uh, decided that she was going to force us all to wear masks again. Mm-hmm. And um, got to tell you, 
it's a grind, but people are waking up. I mean, we have a county, Saratoga County. They are, uh, it's, it's, um, I'm sure you've heard Saratoga. Yes. Um, they're, they're refusing to comply with the governor's mandate. So, yes, yes, very much so. So, you know, you've, the, the, I think the principle of this, the idea behind this is that we did this last year, okay? Why are we doing it again if it didn't work? Correct. Correct. Not only that, <laughs> not only that, but now you've got people that have two, possibly three, possibly four shots, depending on who you are and where you fall within the spectral spectrum of liberalism. Um, <laughs> and, and it just doesn't make any sense. So are the shots working? Is the mask working? Wh- which one is it? So I think it all comes down to uh, power. I think Governor Hochul waited for this variant to come, and she seized the moment, like most politicians do on the left, and decided that it was time to put her fist down, show her power. Um, and she, she instituted the mask mandate. The problem that she's going to have is that the compliance level is not going to be there. And I can already see that it's not there. Yeah. Well, so, and that's saying something think, coming from even upstate New York. It's saying something that New Yorkers are saying, you know, enough is enough. Because I, I have thank you for your call, Chris. I have I have family up in Connecticut. You have family up in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It's almost a mental disorder. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because uh, I think that's the right way to put it in some ways. I was talking to a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a couple of years and uh, she lives up in, in New York City. And, she, you know, she's. She said that, you know, something like 75% of people in New York City are still wearing masks outside. Now, again, the, right. even the New York Times says there has never been a single case of outdoor transmission outside of close conversation. But count them again. How many cases? Zero in the world since the beginning of right, this. Right, but in the entire universe? None. Okay. Okay. So there's no reason to be doing that. But she was describing, you know... That area really was scarred from this. Unlike we, you know, like I'm in Texas and we never had a bout that felt really scary like that. Like she was saying to the point where she couldn't do, she was working from home. They couldn't leave. They were importing um, Rikers prisoners to hotels in their neighborhood and just letting them live there. They're out in the streets doing heroin. You go out to take your dog for a walk. You can't even do that. She couldn't get on phone calls, uh, you know, conference calls for her job because it was constant sirens for months. And so beyond the fact that they're liberal there, they were really legitimately scarred as a society from those early months. And they don't they don't trust each other anymore. They don't trust each other. They think everyone's out to kill them. Yeah, I mean, it is it is like legit psychosis at some level it is evil what has been done to people it really is evil uh what's been done and it's not all just government crackdowns like it is in other areas i think i think a lot of people you know you're in wyoming you've never dealt with anything like what they dealt with in the cuomo area of this catastrophe it really was scarring to people so you can understand them acting irrationally but it's it's supposed to be the job of science and government to get over the hump of that, uh, of, of the emotions of a tragic event and treat it in a sober fashion. But we can't. We can't seem because to do it's, that. No, because it has been made into politics. They want this to divide us. And the more you put mask mandates in, 
the more you are making good guys and bad guys. And it's it's scientifically uh, very weak at best, at best. And scientifically, to make bad guys and good guys in a society, you I can find all kinds of studies that will show you that leads to civil war. That doesn't lead anywhere good. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, that's what they're choosing to do. Let me go to Steve in Iowa. Hi, Steve. Hey, Glenn. Thank you very much for taking my call. Oh, my gosh. Hang on. I'm going to put you back on hold because of really bad connection. See if we can clear up his connection. Let's go to Sharon, Indiana. Hello, Sharon. Hey, Glenn. Um, I just want to talk to you about your ghost in the museum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, uh-huh. Well, I watch a show on the Travel Channel, and it's called The Dead Files. And it's got Amy Allen, she's a physical medium, and Steve Deshavi, who's a retired detective. And she can talk to the dead, that's what she says. And then Steve, he goes around and he investigates the history of the people in the, in the area and so forth and what's happened, maybe there's a murder or whatever. Oh, we have to call them. I would love to do I a know. show. I'd love to do a ghost hunting show. Even if they're complete frauds, I could talk to the dead. Great. Let's see it. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we have this video that's really weird, really weird. Has it continued to happen since we nope. initially uncovered it? Just that nope. one time? Just that one time. It's very interesting. Uh, and, uh, and it happens to be coming from a really dark part of the museum that has an electric chair and a guillotine and everything else. Uh, and... Uh, uh, I'd love to. I'd love to have somebody come and investigate and tell us what that was on the on the uh, videotape. Thanks for your call. Let me go to a uh, Gail. Hi, Gail. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Hi, Glenn. Number one, I just want to thank you for being such a good patriot. You know, I know you like Trump. Could be sitting back, all comfy, cozy, but you don't. You are. Teaching, you're educating us. I think you're probably going to be there as one of the greatest patriotic teachers ever. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, but I was at dinner with Donald Trump last Friday at his house. And uh, nope, I couldn't be sitting back comfortable like he is. Uh, That's not right what he's now. doing, is he? No, he's not. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you know, if he chose, he could sit back and he's very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Mar-a-Lago is pretty sweet. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's an amazing place. Mm. Uh, let me go to Steve. Back, Steve. Do we have you on a good line now? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, okay? I can. Good. Go ahead. Okay. I wanted to comment on a possible huge disruption to the supply chain network. My dad works for a company that supplies gasoline and diesel to gas stations in the Upper Midwest. And they got an internal memo about a possible shortage of a chemical that over probably 80% of all diesel vehicles in the United States use. And it's called diesel uh, or DEF, which is. Uh, oh, yeah. You have to pour that in your. I have that for uh, my truck. You just you buy it at like, you know, the gas station and you pour it into the gas tank. Right. Uh, no, it actually has its own tank. Oh, it's then... uh, diesel exhaust fluid. Uh uh, in the semis, uh, we have a tank on the side of our trucks. It's 15 to 20 gallons. Most pickups have another, next to the gas nozzle, they have another port that you put the, a nozzle into or you dump a, bo- a bottle of it in there. It's two and a half gallons, and it fills, and it's injected into the 
exhaust to clean the exhaust up. It was mandated by the government back in the early 2000s that all diesel trucks over or all diesel engines over 50 horsepower are required to have this, including pickups, semis and tractors. Right. And uh, a lot of equipment. Well, there's a possible disruption in the supply of this coming into the new year because the urea that goes into the DEF, it's urea and water, is imported. A lot of it is imported. Well, if we can't get it, then the computers in the in diesel shut engines will not let that engine run. Yeah, it will shut it down. Oh, my well, God. Can you imagine if there's a shortage of death? Now, there's a lot of trucks out here that don't require it, the older trucks. but There's a lot of new trucks that do. Mine does, and that's what yeah. I was. That's I have a new truck, and I have a couple of old trucks that don't need it. But the new trucks, you know, I don't even know how long ago it was mandated to do this, but it shuts it down. If you don't put it back in, the electronics shut it down. Uh, that's uh, a real problem. We'll look into that. Would you just write that down? Have our researchers look into DEF shortages. Uh, thank you so much, Steve. Back in just a minute with some news about the VP and what she's doing. Oh, you thought you loved Kamala and you thought, what is she doing with her time? You know, when she's not not visiting the border. Well, I'll share it with you coming up in just a second. <laughs> yeah, yes, I will. I will. I will. If you want to create valuable breathing room in your budget, pay less for your home and possibly save up to $1,000 a month, listen up. Now is the time to refinance your mortgage. You've got the benefit of extremely low mortgage rates, the incentive of an economy that has gone insane and may not stabilize for a long time. Take a look at your loan. What is the interest rate? If you're paying more than 3%, it is time to see if you can get that lowered. And all you have to do is place a call to American Financing. Imagine how much it could free up not having to pay a high rate. Imagine what skipping a couple of mortgage payments over the next couple of months would do as well. Imagine how much money you'd save if you rolled your high-interest credit card debt into your mortgage. People have been helped by uh, American financing for 20 years. They've been a client of mine for, I don't even know, 12 years or so. Uh, And they've been helping this audience over and over. They've helped Stu. They've helped Sarah. Helped me. American financing, 800-906-2440, It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. The Glenn Beck Program. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you, you know, I thought Kamala Harris might be out of touch. I thought she may not be doing anything, you know, when she's when she's not visiting the border of uh, of Mexico or, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Europe. Uh, What is she redoing? My guess was nothing. But if you read the San Francisco Chronicle, there is a story here that you're ready, Stu. Mm -hmm. Be prepared to like her. Be prepared to change your mind here. She has just finished redecorating her vice presidential office. Oh, and wow. it is. Let me just read this article. The office where Harris hosted the Chronicle for a recent interview has been overhauled since photographs were released of it earlier this year, showing sparse decoration and navy blue walls. The room now is warmer, 
painted in a light shade of blue, and the pattern couches have been swapped for a nearly all-white set. Isn't that beautiful? Mm. But it's what hangs on her walls that speaks the loudless, with carefully curated art pieces that reflect how she differs from the 48 men who held the role before her. You know, she's the first woman, woman of color, black what? woman. Really? Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard that yet. And first graduate of a historically black university or college to be vice president. So behind her desk hangs an abstract painting on loan from the Smithsonian, mm. White and Daisy's Rhapsody. Oh, wow. She's the one who has that behind her desk. After breaking all those barriers, she's got white in the name of the photo. Yeah, well, it's White Daisy's Rhapsody, and it's Mm. lively green, blue, and yellow. Okay. So, um, you know, what I found really fascinating about all of this is, uh, because it goes on, elegantly decorated Christmas tree and garlands now decorate the seating area by the fireplace, unlit. I saw the headline, and what was interesting to me about it was nothing. Well, so I you saw found that. something. In yeah, there. what mm-hmm. I found uh, was that, you know, you I thought she was out of touch, mm-hmm. but for her to be so disliked and everybody's opinion is that she isn't doing anything for someone on her staff to call the Chronicle and say, hey, there's a human interest story here. You might want to cover. Uh, she's redecorated. And she's got really nice art from the Smithsonian now hanging on the walls. I thought that is speaking to the little people. You know what I mean? Mm. That is reaching right out for those people who are like, hey, wow, I'm having a hard time pumping gas. Uh, It's so expensive or, you know, buying milk for the kids. I thought I thought the 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 paint of light shades of blue and the nearly white uh couch with the lively green blue and yellow white daisies rhapsody painting from the smithsonian hanging right behind her desk mm. I, I thought wow that is that's really relatable really relatable yeah really relatable no. <laughs> you're right it's, yeah, it's not. not it's not at all it's not going to make people like her more i'll say that she has an interesting way of rubbing people the wrong, the wrong way. way yeah well she did come in i believe dead last uh <laughs> With all of the, uh, the Democrats. 22 candidates they had running. She yeah. wasn't dead last. She had, there were some people who were even She was like 19. Her. Yeah, I'm not, no, no <laughs> she, higher than 19, yeah. certainly. But right. I think probably I mean, she somebody. wasn't liked by, she wasn't liked by the voters in the primary. Yeah. And now they expect her to be liked. Somebody said, somebody said, you know, if they are trying to impeach the president, this what. They're not going to impeach this president. Not with her there. No, she's less liked than he is. She's Joe Biden insurance is what she is.